welcome. Wherever you are, I'm glad that you're a part of this service of the teaching of God's Word. We're focusing on the book of Ephesians. This is perhaps the greatest book in all of the Bible. It's practical in showing us how we can have a relationship with Jesus Christ. In chapter 2, verse 6, we read, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. And this next statement is the very heart of the gospel of Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship. And so you see, because we are in Christ, Christ has a purpose that we are to be his servants and witnesses in all the world. And so it is the gift of God, not of works, which we have done to desire or accumulate good works. As a result of what Christ does to save us, we then become God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so we find in this study of Ephesians how to live out day by day the Christian life and a life of ministry and service. In chapter 4, as we move on, Paul points to what has already been written in the first three chapters. And I read those verses, which is the heart of those chapters. Because we are in Christ, we are a body, we're a family, we are united. That is the essence of a life that is worthy of the Lord Jesus Christ's grace. Note that Paul does not tell us to make unity, but to maintain unity that has come about because we have been saved and are a part of the body of Christ. This unity, as I've said before, is not uniformity, but an organic union brought about through a relationship with Jesus Christ. There are Christian graces which must be found in our lives if we are to experience this unity of the Spirit and cooperation and love in Christ. 
The first Paul mentioned is lowliness or humility. Someone has said, humility is that grace that when you know you have it, you've lost it. Next, Paul writes of bearing one another in love. He's moving now on to his message appealing for unity and teamwork. The word is a participle, which means that constantly we must endeavor to maintain this unity. And you know, whenever we begin to think that everything is all right, that there is sweet unity and peace in the church, Satan always moves to disturb and destroy that unity. And so if we're in Christ, we must agree on the theology taught in the Bible we must learn in love and submission and cooperation to work in the right methodology. And we are to display that wonderful permeating presence of Christ's love in our lives. In verses 4 through 11, as we looked at this last week, Paul shows us the provision for unity, how that we can be one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. This has come about because the risen Savior has given to us gifts various capacities of personality and service wherein together we become a body that is effective. Sinners who were once held captive by sin and Satan now have become captive by Christ. Even death is a defeated foe. And so we are recipients of these diverse gifts. And he mentions some of them, not all of them. There are apostles, there are prophets, there are evangelists, there are pastors and teachers. The word pastor, by the way, means shepherd. It is a pastor's responsibility to feed, lead, and protect the flock that he's been assigned to by God's spirit. Now, as we come to verses 12 through 16 in chapter four, let's look at those words. Paul says that we have been given these spiritual capacities and gifts to prepare God's people for works of service. And so, my friend, there is a purpose in Christ saving you and placing in you spiritual capacities and gifts so that the body of Christ may be built up 
until we all reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become, listen, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And Paul writes those words so that we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, we are challenged. Speak the truth in love. And we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is the Lord Jesus Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And so the purpose of God-saved, gifted people is to develop and mature other believers and to fit them for service, to help them to grow and display love and unity, and to protect them through a spirit of cooperation and teamwork to increase the body of Christ. Yes, the body of Christ must grow spiritually, maturing in Christ, but also, I believe the word of God teaches that the body of Christ will, as a result, grow numerically. The church will grow in size. It will grow in its impact. It will grow in its influence in locally as well around the world. And so this discovery of the development of these gifts in the lives of God's people is to make us happy, useful, people who will be a part of God's church, to make that a healthy, attractive, growing church, gifts that are to be used in that church. Paul says, I would not have you ignorant of spiritual gifts. And my friend, I would not have you to overlook or not understand the purpose of spiritual gifts in your life. Paul's words, every one of you has at least one gift. The manifestation of the Spirit gives to every man to profit. And so, my friend, your gift has become the call of God in your life. There is a specific call to grow in the knowledge of the Bible, to be sensitive to the needs of people around the world and in 
your community and to get involved with the needs of those people. And so to get involved, what do you do? Well, I suggest that you explore possibilities of what you can do. And then you might well experiment with as many different needs as possible. And you need to examine your feelings. Is this your heart? Do you respond? Are you pleased with the results? And then you need to evaluate your effectiveness. Has your ministry, your words, your love brought results and effectiveness? Then if not, then perhaps you're dealing with the wrong issue in the lives of people. And so there must be growth and development and the propagation of the unity of God's people. Oftentimes churches are divided. There are those personalities that are suspicious and critical and uh, do all that they can to destroy the leadership and the effectiveness of what the church is trying to do. At times, there are even psychotic individuals that the devil places in a church body, and these must be dealt with by the leadership of the church or else those psychotic personalities bringing criticism and falsehood can well destroy the spirit of love and effectiveness in the church. The pastor's role, I remind you, is not to do the work of the ministry, but to equip people through the teaching of God's word, through the influence of his personality, through the leadership of the Holy Spirit, to help people to prepare and develop and perfect whatever spiritual gifts they have. There are many works of service, according to verse 12 here, let me suggest many of them. There is a ministry of evangelism, personal evangelism, corporate evangelism. There are those who have special gifts in this area. I think now of Barbara Hemphill, who is the minister of evangelism in our church at First Baptist Church, Winter Park, for so many years. Oh, Barbara had a heart to reach people. She went out on her own and knocked doors. She counseled with people. She led people to Christ. God gave to Barbara Hemphill the ministry of evangelism. Oh, how blessed I was to have her a part of my church staff at First Baptist Church, Winter Park, Florida. And then there is a ministry of meeting physical needs. 
I know of an individual in our church in Suffolk, Virginia, who walked down the street and found a very poor family in need of food. And he felt led to gather some food and take it to that family so that they would have food on the table. There are many other ways of meeting physical needs. And then there is the ministry of teaching and equipping. There are people in the churches that are especially endowed with the capacity and the gift of understanding and disseminating and sharing the word of God with people. I think the church is very deficient today because we do not have in most churches a fully graded Bible teaching ministry. How important this was in years gone by when people gathered by groups, often by age groups, to study the word of God and to join in fellowship with one another. Some people have been given the gift of leading and guiding and equipping people in teaching the word of God. There are those who have the ministry of praise, who have gifts in the music area, in singing individually as in choirs. There are those who have the ministry of helps. I think of a couple in the, my church, friends of mine, Al and Nancy Ott, who have definitely that ministry of helps. And they've dem demonstrated to me in my years of, of old age in which my body is wasting away. And so all of these ministries are for the building up of the body of Christ, spiritually as well as numerically. Yes, the purpose of equipping is to cultivate until we all reach unity in the faith. The evidence of authentic equipping of God's people is that there is Christ-likeness, there is stability and consistency, no longer infants tossed back and forth, we learn to speak the truth in love, and we grow up in Christ. We cooperate. We have the love. We have unity. We make an impact on the community in which we live, and we're involved in a worldwide ministry of bringing people to Jesus Christ. And so, my friend, Study, if you will, on your own, this wonderful epistle by Paul of Ephesians, telling us how we become saved in Christ and what the result is that we are to be a part of God's family equipped to serve and to minister. Father God, I pray that you will take your word today and bring it 
into the hearts and minds of people so that there will be decisions that will allow you to transform, to save, to unite, to implement people in areas of service. Thank you, God, for your gift of love and grace. Take, we pray, your word today, and may it be received in the hearts of people. In Christ's name. Thank you, my friend, for being a part of this service and the study of God's word. And if I can be of help in a way, be sure to write or contact us. God bless. Have a great week.